before we get started today, I wanted to let you know that we have three books now available on Amazon. The first book is called A Catechism for the Church, and it walks you through basic Christian doctrine in a simple to follow question and answer format. Each question also has the scripture verses that correspond to the answer so that you can look up that verse and know that what you are learning is both biblical as well as foundational. Catechisms have been used throughout church history to train everyone from new believers to children, the basic tenets of the faith, and I am certain that this book will help you grow or to teach your children or new believers in your church as well. The second book we have available is called Journaling Through the Scripture, a Bible study method. Uh, this small book is packed with simple step-by-step -step process, which I use every time I sit down to study the Scripture. Uh, in fact, it is the same method I use to prepare for this very podcast. Uh, I know this book will help you as you dive deeper into the Word of God, as you follow along, you know, ask and answer the questions of the scripture that I've laid out in the book. It's going to help you tremendously. Now, the third book, you, know, you may be happy to know, is the Sermon on the Mount, Practical Lessons from Jesus. Now, this book follows along with the last several episodes of the podcast and through to the end of that series. And I am excited about this book because it is the first book to be released that corresponds to a teaching series that I've gone through. Again, these books are available on Amazon, both print and digital format, including Kindle Unlimited. Uh, all the links to these books are on the website, under Resources tab, and in the show notes for this episode. You just go down there and click on them, which take you straight to it. Now, let's get on to our study. Hello. And welcome to Ancient Words, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. My name is Jerry Crow, and I will be your teacher as we study the Word of God together. And now, today's lesson. Today we are continuing our series on the Sermon on the Mount by getting into one of the most controversial subjects that Jesus talks about. We have made it through two of the three chapters in Matthew that the sermon takes up, and we have finished up eight of our 12-part series. If you have not listened to the previous episodes of this series, please take the time and listen to them. Each one is packed full of information that will help you understand how to live the life that Jesus wants us to live so that we may glorify Him. So, as always, I invite you to get your Bible and follow along. I also encourage you to take notes. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, you are more wonderful than we can ever fathom. Your thoughts are beyond our own. Lead us as we come to study your word together. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you used, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eyes, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. One of the most common objections to Christianity that I hear is that the church is full of judgmental people. In a way, this is very true, and it is quite disheartening. People in the church can be very judgmental of others, and that is the kind of person we should strive not to be. In these verses, Jesus is giving us clear instructions. Do not judge. But here is how you should go about judging others. I know it seems a little bit confusing at first. It does to me also. But I think that we will be able to understand the meaning by the end of these verses. Verse 1, judge not that you be not judged. Verse 1 is very clear in that we should not judge. Otherwise, we will also be judged. But what does this mean? It means that we are not the ones who are supposed to pass final judgment over someone. Only God is able to judge the heart and pass a final judgment over the eternal condition of a person's soul. James chapter 4 verse 11 and 12 says this. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Again, God is the only one who can pass final judgment on another human being. Now let me go on further. Verse 2 has perplexed several people that I have known. And I have always tried to explain it to them in as simple a way as I can. Verse 2 says this, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. The first statement, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, is really quite simple to understand if you understand equity. In other words, what Jesus is saying here is that if we pass judgment on another person, the exact same judgment will come back and be the judgment we, we face. The same thing goes for the second statement of the verse. It all depends on our understanding of equity and judgment. This verse can be difficult to understand and even more difficult to believe that Jesus is the one speaking here. However, we have to remember the original audience. Jesus is talking to first century Jews and their understanding would have been much different than our own. 
Let's go back a couple hundred years. Maybe about 300 years. 18th century English theologian John Gill says this about verse 2 in his commentary. He says, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, both by God and men, to which agree those proverbial sentences used by the Jews. He that judgeth his neighbor according to the balance of righteousness or innocence, they judge him according to righteousness. And, as ye have judged me according to the balance of righteousness, God will judge you according to the balance of righteousness. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. According to Jewish tradition, the measure a person used was used to pay him or her back. John Gilligan says this in his commentary, and I believe it is very helpful in getting to the mind of the Jewish people so that we can better understand this verse. He says, With what measure a man measures, they measure to him. So the woman suspected of adultery, she adorned herself to commit sin, and God dishonored her. She exposed herself to iniquity. God therefore stripped her naked. The same part of her body in which her sin begun, her punishment did. Samson walked after his eyes, and therefore the Philistines plucked out his eyes. Absalom was lifted up in his mind with his hair, and was, and therefore he was hanged by it. Miriam waited for Moses one hour. Therefore the Israelites waited for seven days for her in the wilderness. Joseph, who was greater than his brethren, buried his father. And Moses, who was greatest among the Israelites, took care of the bones of Joseph. And God himself buried Moses. See, in other words, what we see from the second part of verse 2 is that our evil deeds will be rewarded with evil, while our good deeds will be rewarded with good by both God and man. Verses 3 through 5 paint quite the picture for us. Verse 3, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will be, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. What does it mean to have a plank in your own eye? Obviously, Jesus is not talking about a human being have a literal piece of wood in their eye. He is talking about how we can rightly judge those around us. We can only rightly judge other people's sin and therefore help lead them out of sin if we have taken care of the sin in our own lives first. 
if our brothers and sisters have sin in their lives and we want to help them get out of that sin, but we still live in a state of unrepentant sin, we will not be any use to them or to God. In fact, Jesus calls that kind of behavior hypocritical. In order to help people out of sin, we must first repent of our own sins. This, of course, is the first step in our walk with Christ. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he was asked, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Again, Paul preaching on Mars Hill in Athens. As he comes to the climax of his sermon, he says, Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. All of us have been called to repent, but it cannot be a one-time occasion. We must make our lives a continual act of repentance or we will continually fall into sin. Martin Luther stated in the first of his famous 95 theses when he nailed them to the door of the Wittenberg church, he said, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. In verse 6, Jesus gives us a very strong warning regarding who we try to take the word of God to and how we should how we could be treated by them. He says, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Again, Jesus wants us to use judgment when it comes to with whom we share the gospel. Let me explain. Dogs were not viewed very highly in Jewish culture. In fact, they were so lowly regarded that when Moses referred to male prostitutes in Deuteronomy 22.18, the word translated, the word is translated as dog. In most English versions. Also we know that swine were unclean animals. According to Jewish law. They could not even be touched. We know that the word of God is holy. It is set apart from all other writings. Because it comes from God himself. We also know that Jesus refers to the kingdom of God. As a pearl worth more. Than we can possibly imagine. Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 and 46. See, Jesus is telling us here that we should not take the word of God 
regarding the kingdom of God and try to share it with those who will not be changed by hearing it. Let me explain. You see, when we do that, we run the risk of being attacked and brutalized. We need only look at the life of Paul to see who, to see how true that can be. He was beaten numerous times for sharing the gospel, brutalized to the brink of death. Now, I know the question on everyone's mind, how can we know with whom the gospel message can be shared so that we do not get turned and turned on and attacked. Well, that is one of the great mysteries of God. See, when we go out to share the word of God, whether to be, whether it be to witness, to preach, to evangelize, or whatever it is, God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, soften the hearts of those who will respond favorably. When we deal with people one-on-one, -on -one, he has given us the ability to judge the situation to know whether or not the person will respond. We can do nothing. God does it all. I'm reminded of a time I was out door-to-door -door witnessing a man came to his door. He said, I don't want to hear anything about your Jesus. I said, well, here, here's a card for our church. We'd love for you to come. He said, I don't want to hear anything about your Jesus. Started getting really angry. I said, that's okay. You have to know who you can talk to and who you can't. I left him that card. I really do hope that that he went to a church somewhere. As we wrap up this study, we're faced with a looming question. Does Jesus truly tell us not to judge as this passage has often used? Most people, especially unbelievers, can quote Matthew 7, 1. Especially those who are living extremely sinful lifestyles. And start trying to witness to them. You're not supposed to judge me. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Blah, blah, blah. Many of you unbelievers use that verse to state that they can do whatever they want and not face judgment from other people. But what they don't understand is they're going to face judgment one day. See, the truth of the matter is that Jesus says, Judge not, that you be not judged. And then he spends the next several verses explaining to us how we should judge others.
first, we should judge them with the same kind of judgment and measurements that we would want used when we are judged on the last day when we stand before him and await his final righteous judgment. Second, he says that we should judge ourselves and whether we have any sin within us before we try to bring other people's sins to light. And then finally, he tells us that we should judge what kind of person to whom we try to give the word of God regarding the kingdom of God. Otherwise, our work will not only be in vain, but it could lead to our own demise. Is this passage a prohibition to judging someone? <laughs> well, I hope by now you see where I stand on this somewhat controversial topic. But just in case, let me break it down into the simplest terms possible. Jesus not only tells us to judge, but he tells us how to judge. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us the ability to judge rightly when it comes to the most important things in our lives. Help us to, re to live repentant lives that we may honor you in all things. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Before you go, I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. Each one of these studies is enjoyable for me to do, and I pray that they are a blessing for you as you listen and study along with me. Please follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Jerry Crow Ministries or going directly to at Crow Ministries on those social media outlets. would also like to remind you that we now have three books available on Amazon. They are available in print and digital formats, again, including Kindle Unlimited. So if you're a subscriber to Kindle Unlimited, you can find all three of the books on there. You can find detailed releases on our Facebook page and on the website. You can get to my author page on Amazon by going to our website and clicking on the resources. Resources, it's first link right there. Any money that we gain from the sale of these books goes straight back into the ministry here. I'm not in this to make any money for myself. It goes straight back into the ministry so that we can continue to do these podcasts continue to even write more books and my goal is to write some more books i have ideas for several more um, including the possibility of doing some small group studies or sunday school study books if any of you may be interested in something like that contact me and let me know um, one thing that i miss is interaction from people who are listening please contact me there's a contact page right there on the website fill it out come straight to me doesn't go through anybody else comes straight to me now you can go to our website at jerrycrowministries.com 
where we have resources, including our blog, and a page where you can donate to the ministry securely. If you don't want to buy a book, you can donate straight to the ministry through PayPal. Again, any money that you donate will go directly to offset the cost of the podcast and the website and to help us further the work of this ministry. All these links will be listed in the show notes for this episode. And I just hope this has been a blessing for you. We're coming closer and closer to the end of this series on the Sermon on the Mount, and it has been a great joy for me. Um, I'm still trying to decide what to do next. have a couple of ideas. So, really hope this has been a blessing to you. It has been for me. Thank you all, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Ancient Words, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. We hope that you are encouraged by the Word of God. Remember to take a moment and look up today's scriptures and dig into the Word for yourself. For more information about Jerry Crow Ministries, please go to www.jerrycrowministries.com. There you can find information about the ministry, contact information, and catch up on some of our latest writings. Tune in next time for more biblical understanding. May God bless you and keep you in our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit.